Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night virtual fuel experience. It is my honor to be before you. Always a wonderful time in the word. Go ahead and share this video. Make sure you let someone know that we are about to begin our time of instruction in the word of the Lord. Um, let me pray with and for us as we dig in, as you began to gather your Bibles and your notebooks. I'm going to challenge us uh, this evening as we continue to work through our series of disengaging from anything, everything that is outside of God's will for our lives. We must, I mean with absolute lethal determination, disengage from everything that is contrary to God's will. Our life should be in alignment at all times, in every season, um, in all circumstances with the will of God. So let's go ahead and pray and then we'll jump in. Father, I thank you. I honor you. God, thank you for your word and your truth. I thank you, God, for leading us in, in paths of righteousness for your namesake. Lord, today, as we go into this word, give us the ears to hear. Give us a heart that is receptive, that we will receive the word implanted, which is able to save our souls. I thank you, God, that you even uh, have given us your word as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church and allow us, God, to not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. In the strong name of Jesus the Christ, Son of the living God, we say amen. All right. So on Sunday, as we started dealing with the word of the Lord, um, we have been talking about disengagement, and I, and I told us Sunday, walking in the finished work of Christ requires us to recognize, embrace, and be fueled by what Jesus has already done for us. Already, already. Let me, let me give you that statement again, and, and I encourage you to go back and listen on Sunday. Walking in the finished work of Christ. I, I need us to walk in the finished work of Christ. Because many of us, listen, are walking as if Jesus did not die for us, or we walk as if he did not resurrect, or we walk as if he did not ascend and is seated on the right hand of the Father. That is the full gospel right there. It is not the full gospel that he died. No, 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 no. It is not the full gospel that he got up on the third day, just like he said he would. All of that's part of the good news. It is not just the full gospel that he uh, ascended. Um, you know, that is part of the good news. But you have to tell the entire story. He ascended and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so we have to walk in that work, in the finished work of Christ. And that requires us to recognize, embrace, and be fueled by what Jesus has already done for us. Now, we took a walk. We looked at a thread through the book of Colossians, which has been and will continue to be our book of study for 2022. And I told you, um, as we see in the text, he rescued and he redeemed me. Thank you, Lord. 
He pulled me out and then paid the price for what I did. Then number two, he reconciled and presented me. He loves us so much that a relationship with him restores our standing and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Restoration and cleansing. So let's do it again. Number one, he rescues and redeems. Number two, he reconciles and presents. Number three, he makes us alive and forgives. He took us from our broken state, gave us life more abundantly, and never brings up our past mistakes that we have repented of. Amen and amen. And so we come to Colossians 3. Therefore, verse 5, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Wait a minute. Because he has rescued and redeemed, because he has reconciled and presented, because he has made us alive and forgiven us, consider or with lethal determination, make up your mind that the members of your body are dead, are dead. Mortify, as it says in another passage, the deeds of your flesh. Consider them dead too. Dead to immorality and impurity, passion and evil desire, greed, which accounts to idolatry. So we have to be dead to those things. It's over. We no longer dibble and dabble. This is not something that we continue to struggle with. Hear me. We shouldn't be continuing to struggle with these things. We shouldn't be continuing to, to go round and around about, about these things. We should be dead to them. And you have to recognize that the finished work of Christ makes that available to you. You have to embrace that the finished work of Christ makes that available to you. And you have to be fueled by the reality that the finished work of Christ makes that available to you. And, and when I talk about the finished work of Christ, this is where I want to really dig, dig today as, as you guys are listening to me now. When we talk about being regenerated, this, this new creation reality, if you will, when you talk about that, that is the way that the born again are supposed to live daily. Walking as the new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's not the condition of the elite. That is not the condition of people with titles. That is the condition of the born again. This is the way everybody who's born again is supposed to act like this. This, this is the behavior. And let's, let's, let's take it even a step further. The blueprints, how do I know what that behavior looks like? The blueprint of spiritual regeneration or renovation, as Paul often calls it in his text, is a life that looks like the life of Jesus. In every area. Let's do it again because I need you to understand the basis that I'm about to build on today because I want to challenge us. The blueprint of spiritual renovation, renewal, regeneration. These are all terms that we see in the New Testament or the new creation. The blueprint of spiritual regeneration is a life that looks like the life of Jesus. Listen, in every area. If you want to know if you are walking as a born again believer, 
then take the life of Jesus and line your life up with it. And does it match? If you want to know if you are walking as the new creation, take the life of Jesus and take your life, line them up together. And is it a match? All of us at one time or another as kids have played go fish. Everybody can play go fish. One of these things is not like the other. All of us should be able to determine a difference. And so be honest with yourself right at the beginning of this lesson tonight. Does your life, write this question down in your notes. Does your life in every area match the life of Jesus? Let's, let's, let's even get more practical. Do your words in every area match the words of Jesus? Let's do this. Does your character in every area match the character of Jesus? That's, that's impossible because Jesus is God. This idea that the life of Jesus is one to be admired only instead of modeled after, is egregious to the new creation. It is completely contrary to what the New Testament teaches. It is, frankly, a slap in the face to the cross to think that the only thing that Jesus came, bled, died, um, rose, ascended, and took a seat for is to be admired. If, if the only thing that Jesus wants to be is admired, that's easy. That's, but that's not the sum total of what Jesus wants. He wants to be worshipped. He deserves to be worshipped. But he wants to be modeled after. Huh. He wants us to model, listen to me, our lives after him. We pick all of these mentors. But please understand that even when Paul said, follow me, be imitators of me. And I'm going to come to a text about that later on today. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, the ultimate blueprint is Jesus. The finished work of Christ is our model. So Jesus is not simply or only to be admired, but he is to be modeled after. So let's, let's look at, still in Colossians 3, Let's start at verse 8. We're going to dig a little bit. But now you also put them all aside. What am I putting aside? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And have put on the new self. So I, I, I get this old man off of me. I, as I said last week, I divest myself of the old nature. 
I take it off. I don't, I don't simply mute the old nature. I don't suppress the old nature. I don't tolerate the old nature. I don't wound the old nature. I crucify the old nature and divest myself like a coat of the old nature. And then I put on the new self. Once the new self is put on, so I'm born again. That's that new self. Once I'm born again, the new self, boom. I've now put it on. I have to learn how to use this new self. I have to learn all of the functions of this new software that I have. I have to learn how it operates and what it can do. And this is why uh, being under just any teaching is not going to work. Because the instruction that we are under is what trains and develops us in how to walk in the newness of life. Even Paul, once he has his Damascus Road experience, had to go and get under some instruction because all of the instruction that he had, all of the scripture that he knew, go study him, everything that he had been presented, that was not enough for him to walk in this new creation. He had to get under a different level of instruction so that he could then do the work to which the Lord was sending him to do. So he says, laid aside the old self with his evil practices. Now, if I've laid aside my old self with the evil practice, that means that everything evil is tied to that old man. And if I lay it aside, there's nothing evil in the new man. Uh, in me, there is light and no, not a little, no darkness at all. Verse 10, and have put on the new self, here it is, who's being renewed. <clears throat> that new self is being renewed, renovated, challenged, changed, regenerated. That's So I got this new self on and I'm learning what to do with it. And I'm, I'm learning its methodology and I'm, 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 I'm being taught and trained in how to work with this new self. But what is it being renewed to? Is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Hmm. Listen to this. Write this down. The target of our regeneration is the image of the creator. Write that down. The target of our regeneration is the image of the creator. My, my, my daughter is an artist, and when she paints or draws, if she is to paint something, let's say she was to paint this, this pen. If she is to paint this pen, she knows that she has succeeded when what she paints looks like the image that she's, that, that, that the target image. So the target image of regeneration is the creator. That's God. In other words, we know that we're walking 
in renewal when we look like God. Not when we look like our favorite preacher, especially if our favorite preacher don't look like God. Ah, man, Jesus Christ. Not when we look like, you know, the business people that we admire. And there's nothing wrong with admiration. But, but, but again, back to what Paul said, don't follow me if I'm not following Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. So the target of our regeneration is the image of God. Even when we're picking our leaders, our spiritual leaders, we should be looking for God's character in them to determine whether or not it's safe to follow them. We should be looking for God's character in our leaders to determine whether or not it is safe to follow them. We're in a very, very precarious time when we are following the popular and not the anointed. When we are following the popular and not those who look like God. That's not, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. God made us to look like him. That's his original design. God's original design is, I, okay, Genesis 1. Let's look at the principle of first mention a little bit here. Genesis 1.26. Y'all know the text. Then God said, this is 1.26. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's how God did it. We're to look like him, image and likeness. But what has happened is as we divested ourselves of that image and the fall of man comes and we're stained by the flesh, hmm, we start looking like the world. What did, what did we learn? What did Paul tell the Romans? Don't be conformed or patterned after this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renovation of your mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. But how does my mind get renewed? That mind right there in Romans 12, 2 is the soul. How do I renew my soul? What do I do to get my soul renewed? Well, James chapter 1, uh, uh, he says, says it like this. Receive the word implanted, which is able to save or rescue mm -hmm, or bring out or redeem your soul. And so in order for my soul, my mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination to be um, saved, I have to receive the word implanted. If I don't get a word, if I don't get a word, but what is the word? That word is truth. How do we see the word in, in operation? What clarifies? What, what, what puts legs on the word? He, he says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God around 13 or 14 of John chapter one and the word became flesh. And so hear me. Hear me, Jesus is the pattern. Let's go back to what I said. The blueprint 
of spiritual regeneration is a life that looks like the life of Jesus. It's the target. We're, we're supposed to look like the creator. Matter of fact, let's do this. How do we know what the creator was like? Look, go to, go to Exodus 33. Exodus 33. How do we know what the creator looks like? Exodus, because Moses wanted to know too. So in Exodus 33, if, if this is helping anybody, just, just go ahead and put in the comments, this is helping. Exodus 33, 18. Then Moses said, I pray you, he's talking to God, show me your glory, show me your splendor. In, in other words, we could, we could use right there, show me who you are, show me your fullness. Give me, give me an idea of exactly who and what I'm speaking with here. He said, look at, look at how God responds. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you. Now stop right there for a second. Show me who you are. God's response, I'll let my goodness pass by you. Wait, 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 wait. Show me who you are. God's response, I'll let my goodness pass by you. This is our first clue because God, the creator, is inherently, inherently, uh, from, from the perspective of his DNA, he is good, not does good. He is good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Regened to, to actually have a new genesis. And so I am exchanging the DNA of the world for the DNA of the divine, putting myself back in the place of my, of God's original intent to be in his image and after his likeness. And I get the first clue of what that looks like. He is good. Not just does good. And what has happened, especially now in this, in, in our modern church era, where we enjoy posting pictures about the things we do. And we like to post pictures of how many people we have helped. And we like to post stats of how many people we have been a blessing to. And we love to tell people how much money we've given away and how many people we've put in homes. And all of that stuff is good. But please understand me, people of God, that's doing good. But the new creation doesn't just do good. The born again, we are good. It is a part of who we are. See, I'm challenging you through all of this uh, disengagement to, to move beyond the premise of doing the right thing to the premise of being right. Hallelujah to Jesus. I want us to be right. The target of our regeneration is to look like, be like the creator. That's God's intention. Show me who you are. I'll let my goodness pass before you. And I'll proclaim the name. Now we know in the New Testament, if you look at the word name in the Greek, anoma, that word in the Greek means character. It's very similar in the Old Testament. 
Where when he says he'll proclaim his name, he's proclaiming his character. How do you know that? Because we know that names often were tied to the character of the individual. That's why so much is made of names like Jabez. I will call him Jabez or pain because I'm in pain or Judah. I will name him Judah because now I will praise the Lord. Are y'all with me here? Um, or I, or I will name her Eve, mother of many nations. And so it is important that we understand that when God, when, when he sits there and he says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord, what God is saying is, I'm going to show you who I am. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I'll show compassion on whom I'll show compassion. But he said to you, you can't see my face now, which is yet another, another way that the Old Testament talked about you know, showing you who a person was. For no man can see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place by me and you'll stand there in the rock and I'll come about while my glory is passing by. That I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I'll take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So the fullness, I can't let you see my fullness but I will give you a glimpse of who I am. Now, now watch this. God is about to show Moses a glimpse of him, not the fullness of him. And let me say this to everybody listening to me right now. We're made after his image and his likeness. And some of us are not even living up to the glimpse, let alone the fullness. Whew. We're made in his image and after his likeness. And many of us are not even living up to this glimpse that I'm about to show you, let alone the fullness. The church is not even at the glimpse. What is the glimpse? Look at 34, Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger abounding in love, kindness, and truth. Stop. That's the glimpse. That's a glimpse right there. A glimpse of who he was is that he's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, kindness, and truth. Stop. Come on, go fish. Let's look at our lives, look at that list, and does it match? the target of our renovation, the way we know whether or not we're walking in the newness of life, according to Colossians chapter one, that new man should look like the creator. And the creator is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love and kindness and truth. You're asking me to be a pushover. I'm asking you to be saved. I'm asking you to walk as the born again. See, those, these passages begin to show us the character of the creator, but God didn't stop here. He wrapped himself in a body and dwelt among men. 
So that, listen, so that we could not only be redeemed by Jesus, but also so that we could tangibly see the character of Jesus in operation in the world. He says, listen, just in case somebody in 2022 is going to think that just because he's God um, and, and, and his anthropomorphism is too much for us even to comprehend at that level, he takes his only begotten, wraps him in a body, puts him among sinful men and says, let me show you how the, the character of the creator reacts and acts among men. Take the life of Jesus, which is the embodiment of the character of God. Take your life. Does it match? Let me say one thing right there. Oh boy, take the life of Jesus. Take the people that you're submitted to. Match? Well, it sounds like the, the standard is too high. It's not my standard, it's the standard of the scripture. Let's do it like this. Take the life of Jesus. Take the teachings that we're listening to. Match the blueprint. The blueprint. Go back to my my point. The blueprint of spiritual regeneration is a life that looks like the life of Jesus in every area. I told you before, the idea that the life of Jesus is to simply be admired instead of modeled after is egregious to the cross. The character of God is not for us to simply marvel at. To read about, to shout about even. It is for us to emulate. And let me say something really big here. We're supposed to emulate it and even advanced past it. Excuse me, Bishop. We're supposed to emulate it and even advance past it. Oh, wait, wait, that's too much. Okay, look at Ephesians. Chapter five, I know that that last part of the statement sounds shocking, but the scripture is going to show us. Ephesians five, verse one, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Stop. Be imitators. Look at what Paul is telling the church, Ephesus, be imitators of God. That word imitators, mamite. It's, you may, you may hear some English roots in there. It's related to the English word to mimic. It's where we also get another English word of miming. It's a person who copies, glory, copies the words or behaviors of another. Now, let me say this. Paul, glory, was not telling them to copy God in their mind. Hallelujah. He was telling them to make a copy of God in their heart, in their, in their born again spirit, in their inner man, because that's the well. 
See, we're supposed to glory, glory. In his law, we meditate day and night so we can be like trees planted by the rivers of water. Too many of us, even in our study, are only making copies of God in our minds. So you're quoting scriptures that you don't believe. But belief doesn't take place in your mind. Belief takes place in your heart. Come on now. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And the devil tries to embed doubt in the place of belief. Notice it, it, it doesn't say if you have faith and, 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 and doubt in your mind. It says, no, no, no. You, have to, you can't have doubt in your heart because the enemy tries to embed doubt in the chamber of belief. Hallelujah. And so when, when, when Paul is telling us to be an imitator of God, listen, you cannot be an imitator of God simply by imitating or mimicking his words in your mind. You got to get this thing in your heart. I hope somebody is hearing me right now. And then he says there, walk in love. Wait a minute. Let's do it again. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Just as Christ. Wait, 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 wait. So, so I've seen the character of God in Exodus. But in order for, for, for God, because he loves us so, to close the gap of understanding between who he is and how he wants us to behave, he wraps himself in a body and puts himself among us. Paul then comes as a teacher of the new covenant. And he says, listen, be imitators of God, which shows us that he understands that our blueprint is the creator. But in order to be an imitator of God, he said, walk like Jesus. Woo! In order for you to be an imitator of God, the best way for me to teach you how to be an imitator of God is for me to show you the walk of God in flesh, Jesus. He says, walk in love just as Christ also loved you, gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Then he, he, he gets back to this divesting again, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Therefore, and there must be no filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. This is the character. This right here. This is the newness of life. This is how we walk. For this, you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Wait, 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 wait. No immoral, impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Hold your finger right there. Go to Colossians. Watch this. Colossians, back to Colossians 3. Verse five, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. Go back to Ephesians where we just read. Look, 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 look. Look at what it says. Verse five, 
For this you know with certainty, no immoral, impure, covetous man who's an idolater has an inheritance. In other words, the reason that Paul told the church at Colossae to divest of those things is because, as he told the church at Ephesus, if you don't divest of those things, you cannot inherit the kingdom. Look at six. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Be careful what you sit under. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. We've heard that before. Turn back to Colossians chapter uh, chapter three. Watch this. Verse six. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. Huh? Paul was pretty consistent. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly in darkness, but now you are in light. Huh? Where have I seen that before? Go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He rescued us from, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Huh? Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. That's what we should be doing as the born again. Always in hot pursuit of what God wants us to be. That's, that's renovating constantly. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. But instead, even expose them. There's some stuff we shouldn't be doing. There's some stuff we shouldn't be, listen, making allowances for. Or excuses for. The blueprint of spiritual regeneration is a life that looks like the life of Jesus. The target of our regeneration is the image of the creator. And that image of the creator is seen tangibly in Jesus. But I just said a second ago that the character is not for us to simply marvel over, to read about, to even shout about. But it is for us to emulate and even advance past. I don't know about that advanced past. One more text. John chapter 14. Here it is. Verse 12. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Remember, belief is in the heart. The works that I do, he will do also. Now, if it stopped right there, we'd be good. But he doesn't. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, you keep my commandments. The works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these. I got to advance. Got to move past it. Take your life. Take the life of Jesus. It should match. That. That. And we go all the way back to Colossians. And we look at verse 10. Chapter 3. Have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him that. And as a matter of fact, 
As a matter of fact, let's do this. Look at Romans chapter chapter 6. This is this should be our mindset every day. Verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. That's, that's how you stay in this pattern. That's how, you, that's how you consistently apply the blueprint. Get under the form of teaching that teaches it like this. Get under the, the, the teaching that shows you that this is the way that it's supposed to be. Get under the teaching that, that demonstrates to you that no, 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 no. This is how you're supposed to act. The blueprint of spiritual renovation or regeneration is a life that looks like the life of Jesus. The target of that regeneration is the image of the creator. And it is for us not to just celebrate, but to emulate and even advance past. That's the challenge. I need somebody to look at your life and look at the life of Jesus and say, does it match? May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.